Hello and welcome to episode number 333 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. We, uh, we've had a lot of good things to talk about recently. Um, obviously, most notably, uh, a certain TV show that we're pretty obsessed with. Um, really? Yeah, people might have heard about it. Um, they might have heard us talk about it sort of all of last year and now all of this year as well. And hopefully just forever, because I don't really want to talk about anything ever doing again. Around. Doing yeah, around. It's, been, uh, it's been doing quite popular. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in the news shortly. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that obviously at the end of the show. Um, and yeah, we've got a brand new film to talk about as well this week. Um, but first, there's a lot of news to get to. A lot of very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Updates on things we like. Updates on big franchises, potential new sequels. Um, and we have to kick things off with a trailer. Um, one that we've yeah. been talking about a lot in recent weeks about whether or not we would get this um and it's now finally dropped in the last week the first sort of proper trailer for scream six um Ooh. which is obviously less than two months away at this point um there's a hell of a lot going on in this trailer um Jesus what, what did you so. make of it i made of it that there was a lot going on in this trailer <laughs> mm. it um yeah, it, it it really does set the scene for this being a very different vibe movie, I think, and kind of, um, you know, a, a different ghost face. You know, it, it literally says that, you know, in the trailer, very, you know, very in your face. And I, and I find that interesting. Yeah, and I find that interesting that they're kind of putting their, their mask on that. Um, uh, you know, we, we spoke of the criticism of the last movie was everything apart from the killer. And it does seem like they're obsessed with mm. the, the, the killer and the minutiae of kind of who he is and what he is and what makes him special. You know, this whole trailer is being like, oh, no, this killer's special. And I'm like, OK, good, because you that was what you missed last time. And so I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I do find the setting odd still, but I'm, I'm not against it. Um, I find it weird that we had this we had, a you know, this long scene in a in a um in a little kind of convenience store um with ghost face like holding a shotgun like it that felt a little bit odd um but again i, 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 I don't, I don't know that scene to me really stood out as something that i've been talking about for a while where mm. i think that could potentially be the opening scene and it's not the killer where it's just a madman with a shotgun and a, and a ghost face mask yeah, and I wonder if that will just be like, yeah, he'll just get killed by the police, and they'll unmask him, and it's just no one. It's got, it's got to fucking happen, hasn't it? Yeah, and like, like all these things that we've been speculating for so long, for so long. <laughs> it has to happen at some point. It has to happen, and I mean, I could easily see that be the opening scene of them on the subway, and mm. like they're on the subway, then they get chased to the convenience store, and then you know, yeah, that is the opening scene because i don't i don't see this movie you know they're trying to make it seem like this movie is very out in the open in new york mm. you know in in a convenience store in the subway i really don't see that being the case for the big vast majority of this movie you know um it just doesn't feel scream doing that but i think it would be fun to have it as this you know opening scene and something a bit out of the box but i wouldn't want that for the whole movie for sure but uh, yeah i mean i'm just I'm just all in like I, I just I just really 
I'm excited to see what they can do with it. You know, I think it, it is that hope that, you know, they made a really great step with the first movie and, you know, now, now there's hope that they can continue with that and correct a couple of things that they got wrong. And then they, they pretty much have the formula for a screen movie that I'll absolutely love. Yeah, I hope it's good. I, I'm definitely not as excited or I don't really know. Like I've always been in a weird place with this movie, really like coming off as such a quick turnaround from the last movie um, and it being so sort of dramatically different. And yeah, seeing it now, it's like, man, this just this is weird. Um, there's a lot of weirdness. I think the whole area of like the shrine, like the ghost face shrine is like obviously super meta and that's very much in line with Scream, but it's. They are really starting to jump the shark now of what is and isn't believable in this world where, you know, someone has somehow accrued like all of the clothing of all of the previous killers when they died. Like that, that is just very bizarre to me. Um, and the weapons they used and the masks and there's just so much going on that it, it does confuse me. And I wonder what, what the way they're going with it. But I hope that a lot of this is just kind of weirdness for the trailer and it will just be this like fresh exciting thing but i think after watching it last week so i watched it last week when it came out and it just refreshed my memory mm. on it earlier today um a theory that i wanted to bring to the table but now i'm kind of i think it's too obvious after watching it a second time which was when i first watched it last week i thought oh, okay they keep obviously as you mentioned talking about how this is such a different style killer and the only mm. thing that i could come up with was if it was like a dual personality type situation where someone was the killer and they didn't realize they were the killer and it was almost like a malignant take on scream. Um, and obviously, and obviously Sam has like the perfect setup for that being with the connection to Billy Loomis. And so that was my first thought after seeing it last week was like, Sam's one of the killers, but she doesn't know she's one of the killers. Um, but then watching it today, that seems way too obvious because there's a shot at the end of the trailer where she does the head tilt like Ghostface. And it, and it's just so over the top and like clearly put in the trailer to make you think that she's the killer. She's like drenched in blood and she like smiles and does a little head tilt. And it's like, holy shit, that is so unbelievably, you know, going for it. So now I think that theory might be out the window. And yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell to expect. But there's got to be something with that. There's no way that you have the Billy Loomis thing not playing a consi I think even bigger role than it did in the last film. Um, cause they're going to be obsessed yeah. with the past. Like we've already talked about it. Like right off the top of my head, I'm thinking Stu returns and then it's like Billy Loomis's fucking soul possessing Sam or some bullshit. I'm like, please God, let me be wrong. And I've been wrong with every scream going into them. Thankfully, it's one of my favorite things about That's scream is that it's so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but if it's you that, it worries me though, because <laughs> we've always been wrong. Mm. But I've always loved our theories. I've never wanted you to be more wrong this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, because <laughs> I I hate that theory of yours. It's bad. It's it's not it's not it's not stupid. But I just don't like it. No, it's it's, so it's it, stupid. it is stupid. It's absolutely yeah. terrible. No, like. No. No, but no, it's terrible. But it scares me because mm -hmm. it's so terrible. It, it's plausible. Yeah, well, I think it's how they'd bring Stu back, and I also think that yeah, there's some something's to do with Sam in this movie. I think that if if it is just a red herring again because she already played that in the last movie, um, it would be weird. Just be like, no, we we just wanted you to think she was the killer, and she's just nothing we, to do with it. Like, the thing is, obviously, the, the shrine that you speak of. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily all the killers. Um, it's, mo it's most of them. 
Is it been have people like freeze framed it at this point? Yeah, I had a quick look for it, and I could already see Billy and Stu's clothes. I could see the the uh, his mum from Scream Two. I couldn't see anything Roman related from Scream Three, and you, you could also right. see okay. um, the girl, uh, Jill from Scream Four as well. Right, because I was going to say, I mean, like, um, I only seen it for like a second. I'm like, I know someone that might have a load of like original Scream shit that if he's still alive, do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah, Stu this whole time could have just been like, well, you know, I've just had my old costume hung up, and like, you know, <laughs> I mean, he 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 was wearing the clothes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so yeah, and like, I could easily see Stu just being obsessed with like his own murders from before and creating the shrine for it. It's um, yeah. Who, who knows? Like, I I'm 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 just excited for Scream. Like, I I I don't want to be in a world where a Scream movie comes out and I'm not excited for it. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly not there yet. I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for the conversation that we're going to have about this movie for sure. Um, and like I say, I hope it's good. I think that there is a, a massive possibility that it's still good. I think we said that last or even recently when we we're giving out our awards and talking about kind of best sequel, where I'm like, this is the category for me that I want Scream to be good enough that it's nominated or wins this category, but it doesn't need to be in our top 10 overall horror films. And and I'm okay with that. Um, so I think that's where I'm kind of at with this movie. Like I would be stunned if it was in our top 10 in back to back years. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe it will do. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, another movie that was in our top 10 last year um, was Violent Night. Ooh. And we yes, kind of was. have joked in recent weeks about how much we would love a sequel. Um, and it seems to be the case. This isn't like 100%, you know, dated and confirmed and all of that sort of thing. But um, the rap is reporting that it is officially kind of the talks have begun. Um, and we have sort of quotes from the director who says, um, we're talking about it. We're just making deals and get every- getting everything in order. We have the time to really crack the script and figure out the story. So obviously he's implying that there isn't like a, a deadline on rushing this out to get it out for this Christmas or anything like that, which is good. Yeah. Um, so I imagine the earliest we would see this would be December 2024. Um and then he kind of follow, uh, follows up by saying um, there's stuff we left on the floor like the North Pole, uh, Mrs. Claus, the elves. Uh, but story wise, I think we have a really cool idea that expands upon the world and scope, but still keeping the tone that we love from the first one. So, yeah, it's cool that they are. The movie did well enough that it seems like this has been made the bit sort of getting the green light, so to speak. So. Yeah, I definitely think this movie deserves a sequel. I think that not every film needs to have a sequel, um, but I think that there is enough kind of in this world, in this character, and and even what he just touched upon, taking this to a different setting immediately. There's just so much they could do with it. So, like, I'm not in a rush for Violent Night 2, but I definitely want to live in a world knowing that it's coming in the pipeline. Um, So, yeah, do do you want... Was this a movie that you wanted a sequel to, personally? Personally, until until you start talking about what the makers just said, um, I, I would have said no. Mm. Um, I thought it was a great one and done thing. You had a really hot actor who you know who's who's hot property right now, and and who, who played this role to perfection, and it was really fun, and it just felt like a bit of a flash in the pan. That like, you know, yes, it worked and it was great, and I'm I'm happy it exists, and I don't need more of it. Um, but the second you started talking about elves and Mrs. Claus and going to the North Pole, I was like, yes, I want all of that. <laughs> like, and it would be hilarious. Um, it gets me like, I'm already so excited to think who Mrs. Claus could be. Mm. Like, you know, who, who can we cast other than Winona Red? Well, yeah, um, it has to be her. <laughs> and, 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 
and and yeah, like it would be great. Yeah, it'd be great if this just became like a Stranger Things fan fiction. <laughs> um, I don't know. But, but in all yeah. seriousness, I don't want anyone else because I think David does such a good job of playing such a different character in this world. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think so too. I think it, whoever they, I trust their casting because so far their casting has been nailed on with all mm. the you know parts they were trying to get. So, um, so yeah, like I, I would definitely like the second we kind of get news on it, I'd be very excited. But if you had said to me before, like movies, you want to have a sequel. I don't necessarily think that would have been on my list, but yeah, the second, the second we get the green light, let's go. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Um, another movie which, which has had a definite green light, um, for a sequel is Megan. Um, just very briefly to touch upon this, because obviously we're, this is, this has been going on for like three weeks now and I'm a little bit sick of talking about Megan, but it is worth talking about because yeah, sequel's been greenlit. We have a title and a date. Um, so yeah, coming our way January 17th, 2025. So obviously a two year cycle on this one, um, is Megan 2.0. So that's, that's the name they're going for. Um, and yeah, kind of, it's obviously been a huge success. It's currently at 125 million worldwide. Um, but surprisingly I saw earlier today as of recording that this is now available on demand. Um, which I did not expect so quickly. It's only been out for about 18 days worldwide. Um, and obviously it's done so well. So I don't know why they wouldn't have waited until at least a month. Like, it's just weird because, yeah, the, the movie's doing so well and it's making so much money. Um, I guess they think that now they can make more money this way. Like, I don't know how it's on demand, whether they're doing that whole, like, sort of $20, 48-hour rental thing or anything like that. Mm. So maybe they think they can just make more money quickly that way. But, um, yeah, Megan's killing it, and uh, we will definitely be talking about it again in the future. Though I'm glad to uh, not talk about Megan for a while now. Like, unless an R-rated version is, is unless out. We, and we say, unless we get that uncut version. Yeah, then I don't really want to talk about it until, like, the trailer for the second one comes out. Um so yeah, do you have anything to add about Megan 2.0? Have they dropped the three from it, or or no, is it you know is it actually Megan two? Is it so M three Gan 2.0? Mm-hmm. Love yep. it, love it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, it was always going to happen when the movie yeah. made ten times its budget, and even before that, it was gonna, it was pretty much going to get a sequel. You could tell it was being aimed as a franchise straight away. Everything we spoke about. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, let, let's see how many people are still involved with the sequel, or will it, or will it rapidly fall into conjuring spin-off territory? We we will see, because I think see. I think this franchise has a, has a huge risk of of that really, where it just becomes this, you know, sequel for sequel's sake in in the horror world. But you know, let's see. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, as a smaller side, obviously this is a massive win for James Wan and his production company, Atomic mm. Monster, which is great after Malignant. There was talks late last year of a merger between Atomic Monster and Bloomhouse. Um, and I can only imagine that this is... I mean, this might have changed things now because there may be more of a, of a better proposition, so maybe it would cost more to acquire them. But I, yeah, I haven't. We haven't ever. I haven't ever put that in the news because none of it's actually been confirmed yet. But this no. is all like since December last year. It was like heavily, heavily. It was like, oh, it's it's almost going to happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, so I wonder if this will have an effect. Whether this is good or bad for that merger, we shall see. Um, obviously, they both think work there's a chance for this movie. Do you think there's a chance that uh, Megan makes enough money that we get Malignant too? 
I don't think so. Is there no. enough? Is there enough money that can be made on the planet? <laughs> like, I would love to think that way, but yeah, I just for how much more or, like, it wouldn't cost or, and how little it made. Or James Wan to at least do a like batshit crazy new horror IP. He's like putting a little bit, a little, little bit of that hundred plus million to a side to think. Oh yeah, I've got this. I've got this crazy idea. That I mean, he's still ten people. He, he, He's still got an Aquaman movie coming out at some point, um, which I yeah, think he's going to make a bill. Yeah, like I think that's coming out this year, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think that sequel's going to make a billion. Um, but yeah, we shall oh, see. Oh, Aquaman, no, but just in general, mm. like he's going to make he's going to make his money. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, very very happy for the man. Um, next up, little 4K announcement. Um, which is this is this is good and bad but it's definitely mostly good so i don't want to be negative on this one um because yeah it is a movie which i don't want us to talk too much about this film because we will be doing it at some point this year um which is from 2005 wes craven's red eye um is yeah getting the 4k treatment um finally oh i know where the bad news is coming <laughs> do you, what, what do you think the bad news is Please, please tell me it's in the UK. <laughs> so we, I don't know at this point, but what I do know that I found out last year is that all 4Ks are region free. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah, I didn't know that. Me. No, but it's amazing because, yeah, I'm like, oh, that opens up a whole world of possibilities. And, yeah, I... That's worrying. Yeah, I know. I found that out late last year and was like, what? And I did some research and yeah, it's 100% true. And I'm like, how is that not one of the best selling points of 4Ks to me? Um, mm. No more worry about region bullshit that ha- that's happened so yeah. much, unfortunately, in the blue in the Blu-ray era. Um, so no, you're, you're absolutely safe with this. But yeah, this is coming uh, March 21st. So just around the corner. Um, nice. The reason why I was a bit negative is because it's it's being released by the label is Paramount Presents. And I'll say the actual sort of artwork and what it looks like, I think, is pretty meh. It's kind of like a book, it looks like. Um, And so it's got like a Paramount Presents label and like the year and stuff. And I think if you had a lot of these, for sure, like 10 of them in a row, it would look great because it would look like a bookcase. But like as someone who has no sort of skin in the game or collected these any anymore and just looking at this as a one off, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So like I'm not in love with the presentation of this. Um, and also like the the actual extras, it doesn't seem like they're really adding much to this. But I ultimately don't care because I do just want the best version available of this film. And as long as it's a good f- proper 4k version of red eye then that's more than enough for me to buy this film um but yeah don't want to talk about obviously the movie too much because uh we will do that at some point um but this is like perfect timing because yeah right around the corner so because we'll probably get to red eye like in the in the back half of this year so yeah. yeah so this is this is fantastic for sure um and yeah if people haven't uh checked it out before that is definitely the perfect uh chance to pick it up um but yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out about what people say. Like, I'll I'll read some reviews about what this is like, the actual 4K version. Because as long as it's like a good 4K version, then yeah, I'll definitely be picking this up. I'm not too fussed about the uh, the exterior packaging, even though, like, say, it's not as good as like the Arrow and and other f- sort of Blu-ray releases. But the movie's the main thing. Yeah, isn't it? This, so... you know, it sounds like it's very much part of a series, a, hmm. a series that we're not vested in. We just want this standalone. So yeah, it's just a bit. You know, it is what it is. 
For sure. Um, and then, yeah, just very lastly, um, as we sort of, we will be talking about The Last of Us later on. But yeah, I just want to give it oh, yeah. a big shout out, really, for just absolutely killing it already. Kind of the numbers have been pretty insane. And I think this was what yeah. HBO expected and wanted. Um, it was also something that I massively predicted last year, which I'm happy about because I thought this would be a hit. And yeah, it's massive kind of it, on its debut. So uh, two weeks ago on the actual Sunday, just across HBO the channel and hbo max um the debut the debut episode um 4.7 million viewers watched it in the states um which is kind of in the modern era of hbo pretty much since 2010's boardwalk empire this was the second largest debut ever um only behind house of the dragon last year so huge like so many big shows that it's that it's beaten um which is insane in in the last week since then that premiere episode is already up to 18 million viewers um which is again exceptional and then obviously episode two which we'll be talking about later on that aired um on this past sunday to 5.7 million viewers so already up a million um on the actual day when it aired on the night um and that is notable because that is the largest week two audience growth ever for a hbo original drama series um so yeah yeah it's it's doing the numbers i thought it would because i think quality speaks for itself and the one thing that they they have been doing for the last two or three months is promoting the shit out of this um so they knew what they had mm. they needed to just get it in front of people the quality will speak for itself i think the people that did turn up clearly loved it clearly told everyone else to watch it and i think these numbers are only going to grow over the remainder of the season um so yeah a huge success i am convinced that by the time season one ends or even before they will have already greenlit uh, season two um oh before it ends before it ends like yeah those numbers, excited i wouldn't i wouldn't i honestly wouldn't be surprised if we're not talking about it next week like, we could do it's, yeah it's clearly happening <laughs> yeah like, it's clearly gonna happen and and if week three numbers get as good then it just makes sense to keep keep riding that train and uh and get people excited and get people all in by announcing it you know i think all that does is push the numbers up more than mm. the people that are like oh yeah there's three or four episodes of this out oh and it's getting a season two sweet i'm gonna watch it yeah you know so yeah it's happening soon which is fantastic for sure but yeah we'll talk more about that later um but yeah shall we we talk about this week's film yeah let's do it let's talk about there's something wrong with the children So yeah, this film, um, I don't know, I don't think we've ever mentioned this before. Um, kind of came no, out. No, I saw that. It was, yeah, it was on a yeah. few lists that I'd seen kind of after you had done your upcoming list where it was like, you know, an early release for this year. And I was like, oh, okay, kind of sounds interesting. And there is people involved in this that we have um talked about before on the podcast um directed by roxanne benjamin who had only done one feature before this that we haven't covered but she was a producer on the original vhs trilogy so all of those films um she did direct one of the segments of southbound which we covered and she also has directed two episodes of creep show um so yeah very familiar with her even though not in the actual feature film um category um and of course like uh, one of our leads of this film is zach guilford who um i haven't seen since midnight mass um i'm guessing you would have seen him in the midnight club um, say, i've i've seen him <laughs> yeah <laughs> whether you remember him or not i don't know but he was um one of the standouts I mean, he was, he was... 
he was a regular character in Midnight Club. He was one of the few like right. kind of hardcore cast that was that was kind of a regular in in Midnight Club as well. Yeah, but yeah, he was just so exceptional. I'm pretty sure he was one of our nominees for Best Actor that year. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, there is obviously some some kind of pedigree that we've covered before, even though this is typically a pretty brand new thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, what what is this film about? Oh, this film. I mean, it's got it's got a title, all right, hasn't it? Mm. Um. So so yeah, it's basically uh, two couples um, go on a, a, a weekend trip. So it's these two couples of lifelong friends, and one of the couples has these two children as well. And kind of we we join them as they've already kind of got to the 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 campsite. And what what this movie does actually is it really doesn't give you like a bullshit opening of like oh that you know just like a long shot of the woods and something spooky or whatever like the movie just starts and it's like these these six people camping together just just shooting the shit and just very much jumps you in which i do respect because you know like i don't i don't need like a horror opening i like a movie just starting um and yeah, we we instantly get introduced to the the group of characters. We kind of get we get a lot of kind of the dynamic of kind of um, uh, Zach Gilford's character Ben and um, his girlfriend Margaret. I think yeah, were kind of you know they're the two without kids, and then there's the couple with the kids, and and you know they they kind of play on the dynamic of they're kind of like oh it's fun being on this weekend and being around kids because it makes us be like oh do we want them and then the other couples like got their own problems and dealing with them and we've got the the two women that kind of talk about different you know things and problems with their relationship and we get a lot of this kind of drama of them as a kind of um you know these two couples and and with with the backdrop of these two kids that are just fairly in the background just kind of doing their thing and um the movie kind of really kicks on into the horror part a bit um when we get to the kind of first night and um um ben and margaret agree to have the kids stay over so the other couple can uh rekindle and find their romance without the kids running around and um they they do a piss poor job. I'm not gonna lie of looking after the kids. They they just kind of. I mean, I guess I'm probably being a little bit harsh, but they basically just put the kids in bed and then never check on them mm. until the the morning. And even then, they only check on them as an afterthought. Once you know, especially the character Ben, he is very focused on making his breakfast. <laughs> even when the kids like not there for a while, he's like, "Fuck's sake! I'm halfway through some pancakes." And he's like, he he carries on cooking and then hilariously stops. Like, I really find that amusing. Um, and yeah, they slowly figure out that the kids aren't there. And um, yeah, the kids have gone missing. And um, they do eventually turn up. But when they do turn up, are they little shit bags or or is there something wrong with them? Uh, <laughs> that that's basically, you know, the the crux of this movie. Are they? Are they just annoying little kids or is there something wrong with the children? Yeah. Uh, that is the big question, right? You can say it's, it's, it's a really hard question to answer at the best of times. 
Well, I mean, the movie doesn't ask the question. It, it tells you the answer. <laughs> There's something wrong with the children. That's true, actually, yeah. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. It's not a question. It's not a question. That's a statement of fact. <laughs> it is weird, because, yeah, I, always, I, I feel like with the way this movie's positioned and stuff, I, I keep thinking it where it is like, is something wrong with the children? But it's like, no, it's firmly, it tells you the answer. <laughs> 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 but that is a big chunk of the movie really the mm. you know because they, they 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 focus their attention on specifically screwing with ben uh yeah for kind of the middle act of the movie and i really did think that that was where the movie was going to go and, mm. and it does go there for quite a while where it's kind of they are messing with ben um you know one of the kids has like a did he just have the sticks or did he have a fire poker he had something and he was like holding it behind uh one of the other people's kind of backs like he was going to stab them and then as they as they turned around he just innocently like held it in his hand and these <laughs> little things like that you know they had these tablets that, that they were it seemed like they'd put in a drink but they hadn't really and it was just like oh man like that could just be little two little kids that decided to like just screw with this character ben or or yeah, is there something more sinister for? And that's that's mm. kind of the middle act of the movie, and then, and then yeah, then then we move into the final act when when we you know we know the answer to the question that the movie title doesn't ask us, <laughs> yeah. um, and we get into the final act of this. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, what what did you think of this one and the, the children? Is there something wrong with them, or is it or is it just the movie? I think I think there is something wrong with them. Um, yeah, it was a weird one for me because, like, when it first started, and like you say, it really does just throw you in, um, and it's quite a chaotic scene because it's all six of them, and there isn't many scenes where it's all six of them in a in like a room. Um, and I was like, wait, what's going on? Whose kids are who? Who are the couples? Like, I really, I felt like I needed some some establishment at this point which the movie just didn't give me so it was a bit chaotic and i was like okay whatever and then you you kind of get the the first sort of weird scene where they go to the woods but not really much happens and you're like okay i still don't really know what this movie is this is only about five minutes in but then when mm. we get the kids are then taken away and then and then we have like the two couples divided where it's the two women talking and it's the two men talking and i think this is a really good scene um because i think it really establishes who all four of the characters are um and so i really liked this i thought i was like oh no i'm actually like this is quite funny this is quite interesting i like how radically different these two conversations are and i like that the men are having quite a sweet conversation about having children whereas the girls is a more sort of just about sex and a bit more raunchy um and and i liked that kind of juxtaposition and and yeah it was just i was having a good time watching it and and i so i enjoyed all that stuff and then then we get like you say the waking up the next day they've messed up um and and I, this is when like i i genuinely did feel a bit of tension because i felt i did feel sorry for ben and margaret in this instance even though i also knew that they were at fault because it it was a situation that you could see happening where these kids are of an age where you they could they can be trusted and they are in an area that does feel so safe because of how secluded they are so they aren't like it's not like a baby that you have to keep your eye on 24 hours a day so so the fact that they did let loose but then obviously they were drinking a lot they were getting high and then like i say that for them to wake up the next day it's almost like the worst case scenario of man that one time i let my guard down where i thought i could is when everything just goes to shit and there was something just so real about that that i really liked um and that initial panic of just trying to find them um was really cool and then yeah we then kind of get a pretty crazy scene that then kicks off the 
like say the middle part of the movie which is the kids essentially fucking with ben um which again i really liked i i thought a lot of these scenes worked well um you know because he's the only one that's fully panicking because he's seen what he's seen so margaret's just kind of like relieved and then obviously the actual parents are just oblivious to what's going on they just think it's like a normal morning after they've had like a great night together um and so this was again just a fun vibe and I I really laughed at the bit with the drink when he like smashes it out of the kid's hand because yeah. you're just like, oh man, you're going naught to 60 right now and you really shouldn't be. But I can totally get why you are, which again, I just, I think a lot of this stuff is like really well done and really clever. Um, and then it's once they kind of introduce the fact that Ben might have a history of not seeing things correctly. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, so now they're setting up like the, the route out to this basically where the, where the, now the movie is, do we believe what Ben's seeing is real? Is he having an episode? Is it the kids messing with him or is it something deeper? And I thought that's where the movie would then play out for like basically the rest of its duration. And that, that's not what happens. This area of the movie, which I liked and the opening act, which I liked, then kind of comes to a dramatic halt due to like an incident that takes place. And unfortunately, from that point on, like the last 25 minutes, it becomes an extremely generic, boring, bland cat and mouse film um with no real tension no real anything of anything of note it was just oh yeah it's just become a throwaway horror movie at this point um that was a that was really disappointing to me because i really liked the setup and i liked the dynamic of all six people but the movie then eliminates multiple characters for no reason whatsoever you know not even to get into spoilers and this people might think i'm spoiling it but honestly i'm not in the sense that characters will just disappear disappear for random periods of time and they're just gone i mean zach guilford himself as as the lead just disappears for a a huge period of the movie and the movie does take a massive downhill then because he's clearly the best actor in this by far um Mm -hmm. so that is a problem itself but even like other characters um i think it's thomas who's like the father of the children he's like a good character and he just goes for ages and because they kind of want to make it all about one character's journey and i just didn't like that no, every character disappears for like a, a chunk of this movie for no real reason, like yeah. a, a, at one point or another. Yeah, and it, and to me it was annoying because I was like, no, I actually liked the the arguments that were taking place and the kind of the stress that was involved. And because when, when they they like admit early on when Ben starts seeing things that are freaky, where he's like, right, I just need to come clean. So he admits that like the kids went missing and and something kind of happened to them in the morning that that was unexplained. And again, like all of that, all of the setup up until the incident, I I was really liking this film. I was like, oh, I did not think this would be as interesting as it is and that's why i'm so disappointed with like the last 25 minutes because yeah it just becomes so bland where like you say there's almost nothing i can even talk about even i'm not spoiling it but there's not really anything to talk about in the last 25 minutes if you've seen any generic kind of stalker cat and mouse horror film you've seen the last 25 minutes of this film and it brings nothing new to the table any of the sort of ambiguity about what's going on with ben or intrigue or tension is just thrown out of the window um and and is replaced by yeah just a generic boring kind of slasher or not even slasher like a thriller really that isn't that doesn't bring any frills or tension so ultimately i was really disappointed and it was a shame because i really liked the setup um of this kind of you know it's a very indie setup because you have such a small cast and that but i think they just did such a good job of establishing why these four characters are so different and i always like that about these types of films and for them to then be like 
yeah, none of these characters really matter anymore. Like, oh yeah, we've established who these people are and why they're different, but now it all we just need is generic horror lead to be chased by generic horror things for the next 25 minutes. Like, none of the character development of the first hour means anything for the finale in, in this movie. Um, and yeah, it's a real shame. Like, I don't know why they did this, because it really felt like they were on to something. Um, and 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 then in lure of just making a really generic film for me. So overall, I'm I'm pretty bummed out by this because I think this had potential to be one of those like low key like oh this is kind of cool like no one's really talking about this. But but now having seen the whole movie, I'm like yeah they just they just like dropped the ball really on what could have been something cool. Yeah, it it is weird. I pretty much I pretty much agree with you. Other than I probably wasn't as hot on it when you know in in the early parts, but I was still enjoying it. I think, um, you know, it, what what you were saying with the dialogue of these characters that was the most enjoyable part, where it felt super real and and was enjoyable getting to know who these who these people were and what their dynamics are. Um, and I think kind of. The, the the bit with Ben and his kind of past and his issues, I think they needed to explain that more to give to give us more of oh, is he having an episode? Because we don't really know what his episodes are. But then ultimately that becomes an irrelevance anyway. Um but I would have found that more interesting. Um and yeah, I, I I enjoyed it when it was the kids messing with Ben kinda, you know, very similar to you. You know, the the act one that was no horror, I enjoyed quite a bit. Act two that was just, you know, this what is going on was also, you know, enjoyable and fun. And then the second the horror comes along, it was just so by the numbers and and completely dropped off a cliff for me. You know, you you spoke about when Ben disappears from the movie. That is such a weird thing because all of the adult characters at that point should have been, you know, really aware that he's not there and figuring out what you know why where he is and and trying to get to him for multiple reasons um you know and they just kind of forget about him you know and they're just like chilling for like hours with this like big event that's happened and i'm just like that doesn't feel real and doesn't make any sense and i'm just like you know was frustrated by it and was like okay well it will make sense when they all get back together and then it just really doesn't and i was just like okay so our characters made because I because I think that the same as you when 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 Ben was being tortured by the kids and he goes naught to a hundred like straight away I was like oh man why did he do that and I'm like mm. I would have done the exact same thing and and that's fantastic <laughs> that's such a strong script where you're like don't do that but you know that you would do it and I, and I think that's great and like I said you know the, the the first act the dialogue was really strong so we had this really strong tight script that then in the final act, just, just, you know, like I say, characters making choices that made no sense to anyone and just people leaving the movie. And it just became very sloppy and very messy. And, and ultimately when we got to the final scenes of the movie, I just, I just switched it off and felt nothing. All, all of that kind of, you know, first act and middle act, um, momentum where I was enjoying it and, and was thinking like, okay, yeah, this is fun. This is fun. Just, just completely disappeared to, to where I just switched it off and didn't want to think about the movie ever again, um, which which is which is a shame, you know, because I, I do see where you're coming from with it, and like I say, I was enjoying it, not as much, but was enjoying it, and um, yeah, ultimately, just just didn't didn't want to give it any more thoughts afterwards because it just didn't deliver 
on on what it set out to do you know with the as soon as the horror come along it just became so generic um you know there really wasn't a lot of it as well because when characters are disappearing you know it's not necessarily because they're getting like brutally kind of murdered and stuff Mm. a lot of the times they just like disappear and i'm like oh is who's dead right now and who's alive like i'm really unsure um mm. so yeah maybe it's such just, a tiny it, cast as well that was unbelievable mm. that that was such an issue <laughs> you know we effectively have six characters in the movie there, there is the you know the odd extra person as well as the movie goes on but yeah we're talking you know six characters and yeah i can't keep track of who's alive because the movie mm. doesn't tell me characters just go off into the woods and they never come back and you hear like you know maybe a, a, a clunk like they've been hit on the head or something i'm like okay is that dead? Like, I don't know. <laughs> there, was, there was genuinely a point where I had to pause it, and I was like, what has happened to Thomas? I was like, right, for, yeah. for any amount of money right now, please let me just rack my brain, brains yeah. and think, what the hell happened to Thomas? And I, I could not answer that question. I was like, he's just not in the film anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, Thomas is the one, because he he just runs out into the woods. I can't remember for what reason now. Um mm whether it be spoiler or not, but he just goes out into the woods and then he's just gone. He is just gone mm. for the, the longest time. And I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. So is he going to come back alive? Is he going to come back as a hero? Is he just going to be a jump scare with a dead body? Like, I really just, just don't know because these characters just gone AWOL. I think he was just yeah. getting high. <laughs> I yeah, don't blame I him. I think there was, yeah, yeah, it was just he's better off out of this film, to be honest. Like, he was, it, like, it, he was just like, there's something wrong with these kids, and he just went out and got high. Exactly. Yeah, he knew. He saw the title. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it really, movies like this just really frustrate me because I almost feel like they got a lot of the hard stuff right. <laughs> it's similar ish to like a Hellraiser where. That you know, it, it completely different, but like they got the hard stuff right for me, and they fucked up the easy stuff. Yeah. And I feel like with this, to to create when you're making a small indie film, if you can get such a good cast and make me like all of the characters mm. for the first two acts, you're yeah, like you're so it. far in. You like you've got me. You've already you you. I'm invested in both these couples, um, and I love their dynamic and how they all kind of have different interactions with the children. They all feel very differently about having children. So like there was. So so much set up about once the children start acting the way they do how are each of these four individuals going to react to that in that that situation um and and none of that is important like literally none of it it's just nope it's just it's become an entity now and now it's just a boring stalk and slash movie so it's so frustrating I, it, it really annoys me and i like the more i think about the last 25 minutes where it was just so the the character development which they've done so well meant literally nothing i'm like actually pissed off where i'm like it, it, to me this feels like a script that was almost just incomplete and someone had to like make it up on the day where i'm like how was the rest of this so good to then do nothing for, for the for the remainder of the film and it is a considerable chunk as well it is at least a 25 minutes to 30 minutes where i am just sitting there going oh remember when this was a movie like and now it's just not now i'm just watching uh, a boring you know horror show reel that, that that could be in any film but it has nothing to do with these characters or these children that you've set up um yeah i'm i was really bummed out by this it's a shame because yeah it had promise um as we said but i think we talk a lot about it in general with films like we can watch a movie that is great for the most part but if it has like a really sucky ending or a movie that we didn't like that's going to be a struggle but this is like even a different stage further than that of like oh no just the entire 
horror-filled final act just sucked and and is not in line whatsoever with the with the first two acts that they set up like i say it really feels like this ending this this final act was just shunted onto this movie and it's almost like this movie should have ended after 50 minutes with the incident that happened with ben like that that should have almost been the end of the film um and then they just decided like no we needed to have this boring chase sequence for the next 25 minutes like very bizarre very very frustrated with this one um but yeah as as far as like recommendations go yeah like absolutely i could not recommend this it sucks because we've recommended so many films for so long now and if you'd asked me after 50 minutes i would have been like hell yeah i'm having a great time with this movie but yeah they they could not have botched it anymore in terms of such good promise to then completely fail to deliver that in the final act for me and yeah i could never recommend a movie that, that unfortunately misfires as strongly as this one so yeah it's a no from me yeah shame but i'm i'm the same i, I can't i can't recommend it i think um you know, it just becomes decidedly average. This is by no means a poor movie overall. No, definitely not. But, but you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see bigger trash movies, movies mm. that invoke more emotion as well, because this one just doesn't evoke emotion for me. It just kind of disappears. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but but likewise, it, yeah, it, it's it's far from being terrible. It's It's very okay. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because yeah, I, I definitely want that to be a takeaway of like I don't think this mm. is a bad movie at mm. all. I think mo- I think not most of it. Well, I guess most of it. Yeah, like the first two acts, I think are definitely good, and then yeah, it just becomes such a boring by the numbers, so okay and so bland, where none of it is like offensively bad or yeah. or or just rubbish. It's just so like if you've seen horror films you've seen how this is going to play out and it's so i could have called like the end in like the final shot <laughs> like 15 minutes before it happened yeah. um so, when, yeah. when, we were, when we were talking and i I'd brought up imdb i saw that it uh it's got a 5.0 on imdb <laughs> oh my I'm god like, i'm like that's that's probably the perfect rating i think that is I, crazy. I, don't, I don't think i've ever seen an imdb where i'm like yep that that's the that's the perfect score for this movie <laughs> yeah that I'm might like, be the yeah. first time i ever agreed with one of those but yeah, yeah that's like, absolutely like it, it shouldn't begin with a four and it should not get close to a six like 5.0 is perfect yeah <laughs> it really is yeah and, and those are like the hardest movies to talk about as well because yeah, yeah you have really a lot are. more to talk about with movies that are dreadful and of course movies that are great that you can talk about them endlessly mm. but um yeah unfortunate this one but uh we move on um but yeah that was our discussion of there's something wrong with the children uh we will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, we we now have to do our weekly talk about The Last of Us. So I look forward to this so much. Yes, it's great. So of course, as always, very briefly, this is full spoiler alert for the first two now episodes of the TV show. Um, we will not be spoiling anything future-wise. If we do, we will throw up an additional warning, but I can't see why we would need to do that at this stage. Um, so yeah, just a, just a spoiler alert for the first two episodes. But um, I just want to throw this one over to you straight away, really, because th- this show is just exceptional isn't it and it just continues to be exceptional it's, it's the best it's the best like the i'm as i was watching it i'm like we, we finally got it the you know the, the the fans of video games that wanted to see them their medium kind of realized in in 
you know, other more mainstream platforms. And I think kind of, you know, I think we've always been, we've always been ones to say like, I'm happy to let video games be video games and, and, you know, movies be movies. But, but likewise, you know, when, you know, books and everything else can get moved over, like we've, we've waited so long and this was the perfect story to be told in a, in a different format other than a video game because it's so deep. And, and now seeing that realization with, the best people making it, the best people performing, and it, it just—it's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I love this episode equally to, to the first. I think um, you know when when we when we finally get to see the the clickers in this kind of um, you know in this show properly, and it's kind of it's in the museum, and it's kind of you know oh man, there's just so many parts of this show that is just straight from the game you know, dialogue and frames of, you know, of, of, um, of the movie where, you know, or the, the show where we kind of see the, um, the museum and they're, they're looking out at the city and obviously like the, um, the, the, the building, you know, the two skyscrapers and stuff like all of it, but it's not even like a location. It's the exact framing of the video game that they capture with the exact dialogue and I really did not think that they would go as close to the game as they, they have done with those. And I'm so happy that they do because the game is perfection. And so, you know, what, why, why bother fucking with perfection? Just build on it with, with little bits that you can bring in. You know, we, we got this, you know, the opening of the episode again was it was all brand new stuff um, that I found very fascinating and kind of builds into The Last of Us lore now overall. And then, um, you know, the second we get back with, um, with kind of, um, you know, Joel, Ellie and Tess, I was instantly in love with the dynamic. I think kind of, um, Ellie was fantastic in this episode, you know, now seeing Bella and kind of Pedro together. Um, I think, I think they're great. I think her kind of one liners and everything, ones that are in the game and ones that aren't are, are working. And, um, yeah, really, really started to to like their their relationship. There was kind of these little moments of him being pissed off with her, but also amused by her. And then little parts where he was becoming the protector and you know picking her up and that sort of thing. You know, I love the joke about swimming that they had. You know, or oh, mm. just so many different things. And and I think that there, there was just nothing that was amiss. Um, and then obviously getting getting the kind of you know, conclusion of, of Tess and kind of seeing that, I think they just nailed it. And I think, um, you know, the, the, that kind of realization of Tess gets me so excited to see all, all of these characters that, that we know are on the way that we're not going to go into, but just to see every single one of them, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, they, they haven't skipped a beat so far and I'm, I'm just, I'm just so in love with the show, man. I, I watched I, I watched episode one like all of last week, and and I'm just going to watch episode two on loop now all of this week, <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I don't I don't want to stop watching it, and I'm you know in the news when you spoke about the numbers and everything, like I'm so happy that this show is like as mega as what it is, mm. because I think I think that's the thing why I wanted The Last of Us to do so well because I've. Like I said, I think I've always been like, I'm happy to let video games be video games. But with The Last of Us, this story deserves to be this platform and this 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 
thing that that everyone loves because i think it's fantastic you know obviously it, it touches on a lot of things we've seen before but but in a way that is so different you know this virus is so different and this relationship you know is is so tragic and 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 also you know heartwarming kind of you know we've already seen what happened to joel obviously with sarah and now we're getting to see him build this relationship with ellie and kind of you know him him fighting it but also can't help but be you know this paternal instinct that's rising in him and i think it's it's so great and and you know i'm so happy to see it on the the tv screens now and if you can't tell i I, i'm never gonna stop talking about the last of us i don't think no, me neither. Um, I'm gonna have to start making notes. I think each week because there's just so many things I want to touch upon, and like my, my brain just goes on fire now because I don't even know where to start. Especially because there was so many things just then I wanted to touch upon that you said. I think one of the things you mentioned about how things are just ripped directly from the game, like word for word and shot for shot. I really think that just shows you the overall quality of the original game yeah. because there. I don't think there's another video game ever that you could do that and it wouldn't feel awkward because they are completely different mediums. But the original Last of Us game released nearly a decade ago is is so cinematic in its presentation that you can just move that you can copy and paste that no and and yeah it's it feels perfectly in line in a prestige tv show um and yeah I, i so i love that aspect of it as well i think in terms of what you said about you know the last of us needing to be this good because of how good it is in the video game world like this is what I was kind of saying last year with the with the terrible Res- Resident Evil adaptation, and we were talking about Bioshock, and I was saying about how if they make a Bioshock, you know, film, it needs to be directed by Del Toro or one of the best directors in the world, and it needs to be one of the best movies of the year that is winning awards because that's how good the story of Bioshock is. Yeah. I don't want it to just be okay, like how there was an yeah, okay you don't want the Uncharted movie. movie. Yeah, yeah so like, that's not good enough because these stories, these these very specific stories, in in terms of video game narratives, I think there's Maybe, uh, there's maybe half a dozen ever like the last of us is definitely the one i think bioshock is right behind it um mm. as like the best narratives ever told and so i think that you have to do it justice and that was what was so great about this getting the right people involved of course um you know watching this it was weird like 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 you say with this week there's so many things that are directly ripped like i couldn't believe when i saw the hotel like yeah. the flooded hotel lobby where i was like this looks exactly like the world that we played in like identical to the point where i'm like i can't believe that was a video game and this is now live action and they aren't just the exact same thing existing in the same space and time mm. because they just look identical to me the museum um, did that for me yeah the museum is insanity because yeah we've all done that gunfight in that museum plenty of times and for that to be so one for one again just speaks to the quality of the game like there's a lot of stuff in video games that does not translate into live action like even spaces like door spaces like if you look at like the mansion in resident evil for example that doesn't work in fully live action because the the spatial awareness and everything's a bit changed because it suits the video game world and is more fun Mm. to play in whereas the last of us was so tied to realism from the start that it just makes perfect sense why it all works so well um obviously neil Druckmann directed this second episode um so shout out to him for kind of this is his you know live action directorial debut yeah, crazy and like crazy that is. yeah like what a debut is i mean what a journey he's had in life to where he's at now and he's just living his best life and i'm so so happy for him you know no one deserves this more than him the success um and like i say the the, the opening again the fact that we've now had two episodes both start with a cold opening which is a brand new material that that does set like a tone now 
where like yeah. I'm expecting it now in episode three. I'm not, I'm not expecting us to just start with Joel, Joel and Ellie. I'm expecting to see some sort of world building. Um, but yeah, that whole thing in Jakarta was crazy. Like they, they've added so much to the lore, and then let alone like this episode had a massive change in terms of the fungi and how it's used you know like i almost touched upon it last week when we saw like the body that was growing into the wall Mm. um because typically in the video game that would mean spores and there's like oh there's spores in the air our characters put masks on whereas that didn't happen last week and yeah they made a point to like reference that this week where there isn't going to be spores and their their kind of version of this this fungi makes actually way more sense than it ever did in the video game um Mm. you know because they make a point in in the first episode again to talk about how you know viral infections are one thing a viral pandemic is one thing like what we just experienced in real life but a fungi would end everything um and they do such a good job of explaining those differences and so yeah i love the whole like hive mind thing like when you know that 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 crawler like joel kills him at the end and then you kind of see like the reverberations and that's when the big horde come in uh for Mm -hmm. tess like all like those changes i just think are amazing um the the one thing which i wasn't in love with across these two episodes was tess's death um to me it was a little bit awkward um it was a little bit drawn out i think the way they all kind of flood in and none of them really look at her but then there's this one that kind of makes eye contact with her while she's like constantly flicking the lighter um and then obviously the the threads in the mouth which i love that as a thing it's such a cool thing but the the kind of the the kiss of death as it were it was just a bit awkward to me um i don't know what it was it just it that moment didn't fully land with me um it felt a bit too filmy where like deaths in the last of us are so instant and so real like what we saw with sarah in episode one and this just lingered on it was too like filmy for me of like oh no you've got to flick the lighter flick the lighter boom now you get that hero's moment like it was just a little bit too cheesy for me um but it was a very minor thing because i actually think overall what we got from tess was better than the video game that that is like the first check mark now that i'll go nope tess in the tv show was better than tess in the video game um and that's unbelievable to me and, and as you mentioned that gives me so much hope for so many smaller characters we're going to get introduced to in these coming weeks like the, the the tv show has so far followed the video game sort of perfectly mm-hmm. in terms of timeline so so we both know where we're going next and and which characters are about to be introduced um i think okay, they even named i'm gonna yeah, say names names him because I... yeah they said bill and frank didn't they this week um yeah <laughs> so yeah that the potential for that is already going to be exceptional um because yeah there's so much inferred in those characters and they're good it's a great character anyway in the game but yeah i just think we get to spend so much more time with these characters and then let alone like again yeah i'm not going to start naming them but god there's so many characters that we're going to be introduced to and well i just nailing it like because i think this will be very spoiler free um where obviously they've been named bill and frank yeah and i i genuinely think that episode three may open with bill and frank oh i think and, it will i think you're right as a and, flashback yeah yeah as the flashback mm-hmm. and because because in the in the the game we get a lot of their story told um not 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 through cutscenes, through through red dialogue through diary mm-hmm. entries etc um and and so they need to flesh that out in the live action world you know in, in a cinematic way and i think it will be the the, the, the opener um which gives me so excited because their story is fantastic and i can't wait to actually see it instead of read it um 
so yeah that that gives me so excited like i can't wait to see to see that and and i'm i'm convinced that's the opening of episode three um yeah. and and i think as well like now we've now we've got through episode two and we can kind of see the pace they're going at it you know i i really do think that this is just going to be a really fantastic version of the first game you know i i think we said it in the last episode but i can see it even more now there's there's so much to fit in still which is crazy but i think they are they're not fucking around you know to have someone like tess and um to have um is it anna torv i think she's yeah. called um she's fantastic like yeah I've, she's I've so loved, amazing i've loved everything she's been in for years like she, she's always great and um you know she continued to be great in this um and and i think kind of you know they could have easily been like we've got this amazing actress and this cool character let's just keep her along for the ride a bit longer and it's like mm-hmm. no two episodes bosh you know and and i think you know that 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 kind of makes me see that they are going to just you know be aggressive with it and just you know leave you wanting more but but you know loving the story and the journey um so yeah i i can't wait and there's so many iconic visual scenes you know in in the in the game that i just know are going to be in this fucking show now as well which gets me so excited you know if they're going to spend so long doing shot for shot of ellie climbing over a ladder over a rooftop because that that whole scene was ridiculous it, you know it literally was the video game and if they're gonna if they're gonna do that like imagine what they're gonna do with some of this latter stuff yeah. it's it's gonna be great i'm i'm just i'm so excited man like is, I think it, is, it, is it episode three time yet because i <laughs> i mean i can keep talking until it is because i really need it already I wish it was, but yeah, I, I did want to, you mentioned it before, but the clickers were amazing. I, I yeah. think that is one thing that, you know, I was a bit worried about is you have this very video gamey thing. And again, th- this just proves that if you have the right people involved, you can make anything work. Because what I thought that for years about Resident Evil, there's always been this weird translation of the monsters to live action. And it's why mm. they always default to zombie dogs, because it's just so simple to do. And it's like, no, the clicker designs are weird. And the fact that they stayed so true to them and made them work again in this grounded, realistic television world it's just remarkable let alone like this show probably has the best sound design of any tv show i've ever seen like i i can't wait to when this comes out on 4k to rewatch it probably with headphones on and just just be blown away by everything because it, it, we're talking about a show that is like everything is 10 out of 10 so far from mm. the acting to the writing to the set design to the sound design to the editing to everything it's like they can't surely it can't be this good my my biggest fear right now is are we gonna see anything across any media that is as good as this this year because i don't think we will (laughs) i really don't think we will and if we do it's this is gonna be one of the greatest years of all time because i'm like this is it this the last of us is 2023 that that is what will define this year is that Mm -hmm. we got not only the greatest adaptation of all time but we got uh, probably my favorite tv show since lost in the last 20 years and i think it is so special where i don't think there's a single thing about this that isn't perfect um so yeah i just oh god i can't believe we live in this world i, I have to keep pinching myself from like i didn't just dream this the last two weeks like yeah. oh they did it the last of us is here and it's amazing I think it's, I think it's one where i'm almost more excited this week than i was last week because last week it was like oh, okay we've got you know the, the sarah moment is such a big moment and you, you know i i don't want to downplay it but it, you know you, you kind of have to fuck that up quite badly not to get impact um you know and and that you know 
they, they nailed it to perfection but you could you could have got us fairly hyped and i was like okay like you know can they do it again can we can we get to the point that they're on this journey and i'm still loving it and i'm like oh man i love every fucking second yeah. like there's that's the thing like you know is it that i'll be hoping for clickers is it that i'm going to be hoping for new content because i've already seen this dialogue before and and you know it's like no no i just love every second i love the old stuff i love the new stuff i love you know just everything about it and i just kind of like i say i want to watch each episode multiple times because i want to look at everything because you know visually as you touched upon the set design in the world that's being built is just so brilliant and there's just so much in the background and i just keep waiting for little things to happen you know, I, I, I feel like we're, we're going to see a joke book very soon. Um, and, and I, I can't wait. And like little things like that are just going to, you know, it's when, when things like that happen, it fills me with so much joy. Um, and it's funny as well, because even things where in the trailer, we got the scene where Ellie was kind of half pretending to be a bit infected um, and then kind of joke, you know, clearly it was joking in the trailer. And I was like, and that didn't land for me in the trailer. And I was like, oh, really? I really like that. yeah, I, I remember in the trailer, I was like, oh, it just feels a bit odd. And like, I don't know, a bit, you know, and then like actually seeing it and the context of it, I was like, nah, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I, I liked it in the trailer. I think it's way better in the context of the TV show yeah. because, yeah, it's it's all about them talking about her and why and it's like oh if you see her flinch you kill her and that's when she does the impression but i the, the one thing i also wanted to say was like i'm so glad neil directed this episode specifically because yeah, yeah in terms of actual plot or like big moments this doesn't have a lot of the big things that last of us is known for this is purely translating the video game because this yeah. was like almost all gameplay um and i couldn't believe that they got that across in such a fun tv way of like when you're sneaking through the hotel and when you're sneaking through the museum and then oh no you've stepped on that glass and you've got to be careful and now oh you've used your shots and now you're slowly reloading the gun and seeing where the clickers come and like the fact that they're able to fully translate the feeling of playing the last of us into watching the tv show was remarkable and i think that neil Druckmann is the only person in the world that could have done that and that's why i'm so thankful he directed this episode specifically because it doesn't have big plot reveals it's not like who's fedra who's fireflies who's what's going on in the world 20 years later it's yeah. not about that but it is about like you say actually establishing who joel and ellie are specifically and like that moment with ellie ringing the bell and moving the luggage carrier like we're already getting these small moments that make ellie who she is and i i thought also bella was way better in this episode and yeah, yeah i think eh, this cast is just exceptional where i'm like we, we don't have enough awards to give out because i'm already like yeah pedro bella anna like there's just I'm, too I'm many year end because it's like basically once we knock out our top 10 the rest of the categories are done yeah. like you know i mean i mean technically this is a sequel slash remake so you know i mean we've got a lot of current we've got a lot of categories nailed you know, it is, it is just outrageous because, yeah, the, the quality is just so, so high about, about think, literally everything. I think you're right, though, with Neil as well directing this episode. It is perfect because he has now set the perfect blueprint. Mm. But now whoever does future episodes can be like, oh, OK, this is how we do the video game version. You know, the, 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 how it would turn this into a TV show. And, you know, this is this is the rules of clickers. And this is how we make it. So it still feels like the video game, but it's fun for TV, you know, because I think it it looks easy now we've seen it but it was it was such a difficult task and and like you said he is the perfect man to do it mm. um and and yeah man i i can't wait for bill's town now i just cannot wait 
One thing that we obviously touched upon earlier was about the whole, you know, whether they green light a season two or how quickly mm. it is. Like, I'm curious with Neil specifically, because obviously this has been, this is the current Neil Druckmann project that has taken many, many months, if mm. not years, of his current working life. And in terms of video game fans like we are there's a reason why the last of us factions still isn't out right now um coming up to three years after the launch of part two um so you have to imagine like what what is the timeline of neil because he's i think he's the co-president of naughty dog right now so he is what you know one of the most important people at at the crown jewel in sony's first party studios and i and i really wonder what the success of this tv show is going to have specifically on the release of the video games going forward and whether or not there is a chance that neil Druckmann isn't as involved in the last of us video games going forward you know maybe he won't direct part three um yeah i i can see that being a very real possibility mm. um because i think you know the you know we're we're a, we're a movie and um tv podcast not video game podcast predominantly and we talk about the the hours that people sink into their lives to create movies, and we talk about people like Flanagan that can do these multiple projects. Well, that time is a drop in the ocean compared to video game production. Hundred percent. So yeah. you know, yeah. And so if Neil, like you know, is being pulled in these different directions, the one that takes infinitely more time, and all the others has to be the one to go because it's either he either directs Last of Us three and nothing else or he can do multiple things and be somewhat involved with last of us three so yeah i i would be shocked if he directs it at this point um you know which which worries me because i fucking love these games and and him at the helm is what what we love but you know uh, god of war we've seen the success of that with a different director at the helm so you know as long as the studio is on the right path and he's still He's still staring the ship somewhat, but just just not in the director's seat. Then we'll see. But yeah, it's it's just fun times, man. Like I think I think this great. I think there's a chance, but I would go the other way, and I'd be shocked if he if he wasn't directing it because mm. it is his baby, he is, and he spent he so long. And also, the the thing that is mental is right now he's the the Last of Us Factions, which is a multiplayer only spin off of yeah, the Last even, of Us. He's not even putting that out. <laughs> no, he no he is directing that. No, like, no, I mean, no, sorry, I mean, he's not even yeah, getting, I know yeah, he's saying. I'm saying the same as you, yeah. It's, it's insane, because if there was any of the projects that he didn't have to be so yeah, heavily involved that in... that one out, you don't need to be involved, it's a multiplayer game, yeah, but it's not, should just, not. It should just be gameplay and, and other things, and art direction and stuff that he, you know, it shouldn't necessarily have a story guy and a, and a director guy needed involved, so, mm. yeah, God knows what that's going to be, but, like yeah he he's one of these people that we need to somehow clone him or at least like we need him to have 100 hours in his day when we all when we all have 24 because i just don't know how he's going to get this all done but yeah season two is going to be fascinating and uh, like as we we mentioned before like i i had said before a few weeks ago that i god knows how they'd adapt part two but i'm more excited for it now after these first two episodes um yeah. Because I think that whilst the feeling of playing Last of Us Part 2 is something that is going to be so hard to translate to a TV show, the actual way it's told, the story, actually makes a lot more sense as a TV show than it does as a video game that you play. Yeah, so. and, it, and it could be, I think that's when you could get into multiple seasons, you know. You, yeah, you much, 100%. You know, see, the game 2 could be three seasons of Last of Us. Yeah, I think it has to while. be two. If, if they say yeah. Part 2 is one season, I'd be worried. Like, yeah, me right, too. Right off the bat. Because cause I'm still, like, when when i was saying about how 
I think all of the game is going to be in part uh, in, in this season. I was then thinking about all the shit that's still to come and how I think that, you know, Bill is going to be very fleshed out in, in this, um, in the TV show. And I'm like, God, if they're fleshing him out, like what other characters are going to get fleshed out? And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a 20 episode thing. I'm like, shit, we've only got eight episodes. I'm I'm pretty confident. Like I think already what they've done, like specifically with this episode, the the hotel stuff takes place after Tess's death in the game. So they've already kind of moved things around and tightened up some of the more just walking through the city type stuff. And yeah, in my mind, it makes perfect sense where we go to Bill and then I could tell you, I think, where I think the next few episodes are going to go and like who's going to be the stars of those episodes. Like, yeah, I'm fully yeah. confident that the, the story can get told in nine episodes. Um but yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm with you now where I just want to fast forward. It's like every every Monday now when I wake up, Monday morning, I know that it's aired the, the previous night and I'm just so, I'm so excited to watch it. If we just fast forward to each week so we can see The Last of Us and we give those hours to Neil. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to do, do that. that. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to do that. Like, <laughs> we just skip every week to, to The Last of Us. Neil, Neil gets hundreds of extra hours in his life to, to make crazy shit. Finally, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna waste my time watching you know 5.0 movies so <laughs> I might, you know, might as well give those hours to me right <laughs> sure um but yeah, just as a brief quickly before we end obviously our upcoming schedule there's a lot of interesting stuff um we seemingly are in the cinema for the next couple of weeks um this weekend finally a british movie uh unwelcome is out after all this time long delayed movie well, looking forward to that one been excited for this movie for far too long and i just don't know whether it can live up to that excitement <laughs> i know we shall see um but then yeah the week after that is knock at the cabin um oh. so yeah two two big movies we're looking forward to and then there's kind of there's two movies that are either out or already out in the states right now the first one is missing which is that kind of spiritual successor oh, yeah. to searching um that we apparently get that february 24th so not too far away and then of course um brandon cronenberg's infinity pool will be out this friday in the states but there is no sign of it in the uk currently i did some digging oh. earlier and i found a website that said it's coming to the uk march 24th so not that far away and i would like to wait for that one because i'm desperate to see it on the big screen um so obviously we'll see and then in the middle of those two yeah we've got scream six march 10th we've got 65 march 17th so like there's like there's probably five or six movies that we'll be seeing in the cinema before the end of march so very very exciting a lot, a lot of big movies to discuss um and I, i'm looking forward to pretty much all of them in, in to, to varying degrees like it, yeah. especially when you look at the those movies that you went over that was between kind of august and october there was a lot of movies that i'm not looking forward to you know the meg and insidious and the nun and all those sorts of things whereas like no these are all like stuff i'm looking forward to so yeah, um yeah good times indeed and of course the last of us the best tv show maybe ever who knows it's only been two episodes but i, th I think we're both, I think there, we'll both be, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're both gonna be saying that come the finale i'm i'm gonna make that prediction right now is that this yeah, will be i'm i'm, I'm not a million miles tv away, shows like, ever yeah and then and then we go straight from last of us into mandalorian like what like this really is just the year of pedro pascal just owning which yeah. i am all for what a guy i love the man um but yeah, that was episode 333. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.